This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to YouTube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us. Cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching. Or watching this latest episode of Turfcast podcast with me, Joe Revan, and as usual, my good friend slash co-host Simon Townley. How you doing, mate? You're right. I'm all right, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Considering the shambles at the weekend, but obviously we'll get into that. Um, been pissing it down all weekend though, but it's been um, the missus's birthday, so there's been um, few celebrations and quite a lot of celebrations in this house actually let me just get that one in there not all of them involving me but yesterday on sunday the birthday itself was a good day um what have you been up to anything anything special just working but they were down in northampton of all places yeah i believe so i should have asked about that off air didn't i forgot about that how did that go yeah we're good You're just filming for some l'oreal stuff for a hairdressing magazine so it was very good very fun but happy days 
Happy days. Well, I'm glad it went well then. Um, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, we have got this um, new partnership with Mystery Sports. Um, it is at the bottom of your screen. Now, if you want to get 10% off a Mystery Sports football shirt box, use the code TURFCAST at mysterysport.com. Obviously, we did an unboxing last week. I got a, a Macedonian first uh, division team. I can't remember the name of them. Simon got a Sevilla shirt. Um, it's been, The code's been used a few times now, to be fair. Um and Mark Howarth is the only one that's actually told us what he's what he's got, and he got a Wolfsburg shirt. He got quite a decent shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the other people that have used it, uh, just get in touch and let us know. Let us know what shirts you've got. We'd like to know. Um, yes, yeah, so just so we can just so we can know and keep tabs on it, see what shirts people are getting. Um, hopefully, no one gets another Macedonian first division shirt. But I wore it yesterday, and when you actually put it on, it's 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 rating up. It's rating up. I'll just. Uh, you put it on, it's actually a shirt. It actually fits. <laughs> when you put it on, it it, it, it fits. I'm going to make a point of wearing it at um, football again next week. Um, but yeah, obviously, quickly, we've quickly mentioned it. Um, the Leeds game, let's get into it then. Um, Burnley nil, Leeds four. Um, I think we said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when we played West Ham, didn't we? Uh, sometimes you've just got to you've just got to say, yeah, hands up, beaten by the better side. And I think on this occasion, um, similar... Not 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 similar to the game at Ellen Road, which was a tight one, um, and we were very unlucky. The referee cost us in that game, if anything. Um, but the game at the Turf Moor, they were just they were just better than us in every single department of the pitch. I think I think just they just wanted it more. They've still got a point to prove, being in the Prem for the first season. They can get like a top half finish, which should be magnificent in your first season. Um, so fair play to them for that. And I just I just think it's we, we survived against Fulham on Monday, and we just looked like we we're on the beach, didn't we? Do you know what? It's a frustrating one, really, because I've just got the stats up here, uh, and I know we're going to go and divulge into it. I mean, are we going to go into the four goals, really? Let's be fair. Probably not. Probably will. Oh, yeah. we, need, well, we, need, we, need, we need to get the minutes in. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll just look in now, right, because of the stats. And obviously, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, well, X, Y, and Z was poor, or the team was not looking disinterested. And just looking at the stats now, we both had 16 shots. We had four on target. They only had six on target. And scored four goals. Now, I'm not saying Bailey Peacock Farrell was at fault for any of them, but can you imagine many games? I can't think of many games where we've conceded six shots and conceded four goals. Yeah, I had this debate on Twitter, um, and I got quite a lot of stick for it. To be honest, um, a lot of people got the back up when I all, all I said was we missed Nick Pope. I didn't even blame the result on Bailey. Um, all I said was we, we missed Nick Pope. Now, I, I think it's another Joe Hart situation for us because. Uh, Bailey himself, when you're looking at the actual game, he's not not really doing anything wrong, is he? Like he's not making any fumbles. He's not, you know, he's not really doing anything anything wrong or making any mistakes. And it was the same when Joe Hart were playing. If anything, Joe Hart were playing all right. And he was making a few decent saves, but it was style of play, the fact that he was just always sort of like on the line and things like that that was that was not working for Burnley. And I think it's a similar sort of thing with Bailey. I'm not necessarily saying it's because he's always on his line, although just as a bit of a stat that I've got here, he didn't collect any crosses at all. During the game, zero yeah. claims barely made. Uh, so, you, I, you, I don't think you very you very rarely see that stat with Nick Pope, zero claims. Um, so I don't think Bailey cost us the game, but I think we're missing Nick Pope, and I don't think Bailey's anywhere near good enough to replace Nick Pope if Nick Pope leaves in the summer. I was thinking that it's very similar to the Kevin Long scenario. Like when he comes in, he doesn't do massive errors. He doesn't do individual mistakes that lead to goals any more than most defenders do. But what he does do is he, he shifts the whole team. It's like we've said it before on previous podcasts. Does Tarkovsky play the same game with Long next to him or when Ben Mee's next to him? Because when Ben Mee's next to him, 
they both seem to do better when they're together. And is it because they both know that the other person can do the job so they can just concentrate on their own jobs? Is it that when Bailey's in the net, he's not necessarily doing anything wrong, but is he bringing something that makes the defence sit back a little bit further or or be a bit more rigid or something? I can't answer them questions, obviously, but maybe it's not necessarily what he does wrong. It's just the extras that the other players bring to the team. For example, Ben Mee, when he was yeah. out, the difference when he came back, when you mentioned before a previous podcast about Tom Eaton, when he came back um, from the Joe Art scenario, Bailey Peacock felt not doing anything wrong, like you say, mate, but is it the difference of mentality and the confidence that the rest of the team has? It could be that as well, yeah. It could be that as well. Um, I'm not sure whether he suits our style. Um, the, the fact that I quickly got that stat up there about crosses maybe 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 makes me think that he doesn't necessarily suit our style. We have to we have to defend a little bit deeper because the, the, the players can't, like you say, hang their hat on him and know he's going to come out and collect that cross if a cross has whipped him from deep. Because if you look at some of the goals, we'll get into that in a minute, if you look at some of the goals, a lot of it is because we're defending too deep and players just run and run and run and, and the defenders back off and they just think, well, sorry, I'll shoot. Especially the first goal, sorry, I'll shoot. And, the, and then they won the up. That was heartbreaking, that, because it completely shifts the play. And defensively, when you watch it, everyone's actually done their jobs because he does shoot. And yet, yeah, granted, we are deep, but I think everyone's saying, right, you're outside the box. If you want to shoot, have a shot. We, we, we've probably back ourselves. But it just, it's such a good shot. It's like inch perfect into that corner. Uh, it's outside the goal at first impressions and then just comes back in. So yeah. when that goal goes in, the whole game plan shifts. And we all know that goals change games. And uh, that, it just, it just changed the game in a negative for us, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, obviously, by then, I mean, I've been watching the Sky Sports highlight. They're a bit of a shambles, even though I'm, I'm happy to admit that Leeds were by far the better side and absolutely battered us. They don't show um, any of the chances. Because we did all right in the first five, ten minutes. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, Leeds got on top. And, and, yeah, but then Leeds got on top and they're on top pretty much for the rest of the game. Um, but there's nothing on the Sky highlights that, that would suggest that we had literally had any possession in the first five, ten minutes. But we're getting to the goals now then, obviously. The thing that annoys me about this one is Klitsch. Click, Klitsch, whatever. Um, he's, he's a brilliant player. He's, uh, there's a different debate. We'll get into it. But he's one of only three players that I've actually had of theirs. And two of them are their central midfielders. Um, but he is a fantastic player, is Klitsch. But he picks the ball up in his own half. He, his first touch of the ball is in the Leeds half. And he just runs, runs. No pressure on the ball. No pressure on the ball. Still running. No pressure on the ball. No pressure on the ball. Sod it, I'll hit it. Goal one nil, nothing whatsoever there to stop him. From like you say, they're probably saying back themselves, but you still need a bit of pressure. The defense might be backing off to say like you can shoot from there, whatever. But there's zero midfield there for me, absolutely well, zero. I was just going to make that point because people concentrate on Bailey, people concentrate on the defense in that manner. But he's gone through. Johnny Tate said it, didn't he, in the group chat that he's gone through a whole midfield before he's had that shot. He's not even gone through. The midfield just isn't there. He's not even <laughs> gone through them. They're just not there. And I'm looking at it now, the freeze frame afterwards. West is 15 feet away from him. That's Jack Cork. Jack Cork's still near the halfway line. And these uh, we've said it before, like there's games where West is the best option with Cork. There's games where Brownell's the best option with Wester. For me, I think Brownell being a bit deeper would have been a better option in this game. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. And you couldn't really have dropped any of them two in the performances that they'd have had recently. Yeah, I mean, like I'm just watching the goal back now myself just because just to see that sort of like midfield. Tarky's gone across, he's done everything right. He's even flattened Bamford on the way, which, you know, brownie points for that. Um, and then, like you said, just the shot. It's. I still think at that point, 
when he hit that, that is not going in. Um, and it's, it is a shame. I mean, when you look at the reverse angle of it from behind the goal, Bailey's not actually got as far across as I thought he had. But See, I this still... is the point I was making. I, I think Popey gets across quicker there. I, I honestly believe Popey saves that. I got a lot of stickers as well for that on Twitter. But I believe mm. Popey saves that. A lot of people were questioning Bailey's positioning. I don't think there's anything wrong with his positioning. I think he's in an okay position for that first goal. I've freeze framed it at the bit where Klitsch is hitting it, and I don't think I don't think there's not much he could have done in terms of positioning. But I think Popey gets across quicker. I think Popey. Having said that, I know Bailey's taller than Popey as well, isn't he? So maybe maybe that counts. That's why he maybe looks a bit slow getting across. But I'm still standing by. I, I think I think Popey gets an answer to that. So yeah, it's a difficult one. And then like you said, it, it changes the game entirely, doesn't it? Um, and then we've gone in. Just heartbroken almost, probably, because you think, like you said, we started off the better and then we've just been sort of dragged back. It's it's infuriating that we've even got to that position. Um, but then we've got Vidra as a chance at 1-0 down. Yeah, now, well, this, I'm just on that now. And Chris Wood finishes that chance. And this is the old, old adage that we always have this debate, but Chris Wood doesn't make that chance because Vidra makes it all himself. Well, the, yeah, the point I was going to make is that their keeper there has done an unbelievable save. And like we said, get yeah, about goal-changing game. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great save, to be fair. The positioning of his body has made that save. That is not an accident. It's not hitting. Vidra's gone straight across the face. He's gone into the corner. Um, I think I saw Rashford the other day score a goal very similar, where he just poked it into the corner. Um, and that's the difference there. It's the goalkeeping sort of moments that can bring you or keep you in a game. Yeah, and that and that and that just goes back to the point that I made on Twitter of how much we missed Nick Pope in that game. I don't think we'd have lost 4-0 um, with Nick Pope. We might have still lost because, like I said, Leeds dominated us in every part of the outfield pitch. Um, so we probably would have still lost, but no way it'd have been 4-0. Uh, no. Just watching the third one, this is... the Oh, that one's an unlucky one, that one. Uh, the Alioski deflection. Um, corner, dealt with it. It's to a certain aspect. Who is it that heads it away? It's actually Vidra at the far post who heads it away. He can't really do much because he's, he's sort of like down, so he's like trying to head it, so he don't get much much pace on it or much height on it. Comes to Alioska, hits it, deflection, uh, but it deflects in off. It was Phillips, weren't it? Calvin Phillips. No, it wasn't. It was Harrison. They've all got shit top knot, so <laughs> I thought it was Phillips with his shit top knot. But yeah, um, it's you know what? I've just watched it back. And I, actually, when I watched that game, I was like, you lucky bastards, as if it's hit him and gone in like that. And yeah, it, it is lucky in that aspect. But Harrison knows what he's doing at the same time. If you watch it again from this angle behind the goal, he actually flicks his foot. So he actually does all right there. Um, but that one's unfortunate. Oh, I'm real to blame for that. Look on lead side, but well done, Harrison. Yeah, that was the second goal, weren't it? Not the third. And yeah. then... Um, Sorry, did I say a third? Yeah, second. Not, and then, but what I was going to say is, so we missed one chance, and then Gunmanson has a decent chance again. Not good save, mate. You can't argue the saves. Um, could we finish it? Possibly, yeah. But maybe it's just a case of being over. Yeah, over I think Mesley does well on both, mm. but I think the angles against the Burnley players on both. But all yeah, Mesley can do well. is he's made the angle even smaller, which is exactly what he's done. He's come out, got into the perfect position, and made the angle even smaller. Um, yeah. He don't, that's the, the, he's done well in, on both of them saves, uh, to be fair. Um, I've never really had a bad word to say about Mesley. He was a bit dodgy when he first came in, but that was mainly with his crosses and stuff. His shot stopping and stuff's always been decent. Yeah, no, he play, he's a he's a footballing goalkeeper, which is obviously the yeah, he's a he's a modern modern goalkeeper, isn't he? Yeah, exactly, and he's he's good at what he does. Uh, what he did against us, mate, like I said, two 0 
up at that point and he's done two big saves. It could have been 2-2 two, two quite easily. It's a completely different game and this is what frustrates me with sort of the negatives of were we on the beach? Were we not good enough? Were we were individuals not good enough? That pisses me off more than most because I just think statistically, mate, we were well and truly in that game and it's just two moments that have changed it completely. Uh, and like we said about the United game, when we were when we went two one down, you got to push on, aren't you? Later on, and then and unfortunately we conceded the third, and the game started to stretch for for the benefit of Leeds after that. Yeah, well, obviously there uh, an open game is better for Leeds with their style of player and their sort of their midfield too. Um, going back to the midfield debate, uh, their third goal, Rodrigo. Um, some criticisms about Bailey on this one is often not getting out out quick enough, but we've had that debate. Um, I don't want to throw him under the bus too much. But again, Burnley have the ball. It's got Brownhill here, clears it, does yeah, his Brown job. As Dash should say, as Dash should say now, different phase of play. So it's a different phase of play. So then they win the ball and it just falls to Phillips in the middle, not Phillips, Clitch in the middle. Phillips and Clitch are right next to each other in the middle, right? When the ball gets to them two, they're right next to each other. There's no Burnley player within 10, 15 feet of them. No, where's where's the midfield to again? There's absolutely nowhere to be seen. There's no one anywhere near them. He's got all the time in the world to pick out that pass to Rodrigo, who does well in fairness. Rodrigo does well because he's got two Burnley defenders round him, and he and he and he and he's, he's does a touch and he takes them both out of the game with that touch. That's a good touch, to be fair. It's a great touch. It's great. He could have been communicated better, and one of them could have dropped a little bit deeper, maybe. Um, but then again, maybe they're playing in with Nick Pope in their head because as soon as that touch is there. He's got all the time in the world. And I do think Popey might have been a little bit, have a, have a better starting position there and, and be down at Rodrigo's feet a bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, as well, though, I just want to, like I said, I'm not defending Bailey. I don't really see him doing that much wrong to, to even defend him, really, to be honest with you. But when you look at the replay of that Rodrigo chip, he's whisker away with his, his, his left arm, I think it was. Um, because he's actually half read it. So because he's gone down, obviously, because you're expecting a striker to put it through you, he still reacted quite well, but unfortunately, just a good strike, mate. Great touch. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm just being sort of like hypothetical with the, with that one. The, the yeah. fourth one, definitely. I'm not, I'm not having yeah. the fourth one. Pope is definitely there. That is, he's, he's caught lacking there, he's barely, and then he gets caught in no man's land. I think for the third one, it's the midfield again. So for the first and the second uh, and the third, there's just too much space in midfield. Uh, and then the fourth one, for. The game's gone. I don't know why we're still so open at this point. We've obviously lost. 3 nil's a bit more respectable than 4 nil. Um, But yeah, for that fourth one, everyone's pretty much all over the place. Uh, we're all in our half, pretty much. The midfield. Then Tarky's even too, far, too high up the pitch. They're obviously pushing for whatever reason, even though the game's gone. Bailey's caught slacking and then it's 4 nil. Rodrigo takes it around Bailey. Nice and easy. Yeah, game over. But just sort of like going back to the stats that I were mentioning earlier, just to clarify how close of a game it actually was, even though it was 4-0. And the difference in quality is my point. Like I said, they had six shots on target. Do four go past the Nick Pope? Possibly not. Um, passes rate, it's very rare I can put up with this one. But 418 passes to Burnley to their 440, right? Our pass accuracy was both 76%, but it's that clinicalness that we, we lacked from the day. And the passing, yeah, that you see, I think, I think what it were, as you've said, is they just had more quality on the day because the game was so open in the middle, and their midfield two are better than our midfield two, and their midfield two just had so much space. Whether they were creating that space or our midfield two were caught lacking or a bit of both, so these extra forty passes or whatever they've got, they've got all the time in the world to make them passes, whereas when we're making the passes that we have. 
Leeds obviously are doing the press and they're on us, so we're going to make more mistakes and not be as clinical. Yeah, it was a, you know, just a good, a good Leeds performance, and that's that's often really I can't be, I can't be critical of them as a performance anyway. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think they were just the better side on the day. Um, the midfield is where we lost it, but we missed Nick Pope as well. Um, and that's that's pretty much it, really. Um, obviously, we need to discuss the incident with Alioske. Um, obviously, I brought a picture in earlier, um, as you'll know. I'll put it on screen now for those of you that haven't seen the incident. Um, I've done that wrong. Uh, there we go. There it is. Uh, this is apparently um, being reported, according to some places, by Burnley um, as like a, a racist gesture towards Dwight McNeil. Um, I think, well, obviously, when I saw it at the time, I just thought he was just being a bit childish and pathetic and sort of like acting, you know, like how kids do in primary school yeah. and just sort of like blow raspberries. That's what I thought he was doing. Um, for, for Burnley to report it, though, I think maybe something has been said, but I don't want to speculate on that because that would be unfair because we don't have any evidence of that. So that's the only reason why I think Burnley may have reported it uh, is because something was said as well before or maybe after he did it. I'm not sure. Um, but there is a clip of Alioski saying to the referee, pointing at Dwight McNeil, saying, did you hear what he just said to me? So whether Alioski is just being a bit of a dick and knows that he said something wrong, you know, when you do something wrong and you try and turn it back around on somebody, I don't yeah. know. Again, be unfair to speculate um but Burnley reported the incident I, I got a bit of stick for this as well because people were saying like he should be back in Dwight McNeil that's just my interpretation of what I've seen I'm allowed to have an interpretation and an opinion of it I've looked at that and thought he's just a bit of a twat really he's not really doing anything wrong um but what did you make of it it's funny one really because I was sat there watching the game and and as soon as he did it I kind of like looked across and to, to the person I'm with and said like what is that not and I don't want to even say it. I don't even want to say it. Yeah. But is that not an emoji of something that you would normally do? And then it was like as if to say like I thought it can't be because no one is that blatant about it. Surely, right? Anyway, my secondary point to this is when I've seen all the negativity on the mirror on the independent, I think it was as, as the other paper, and the comments underneath it saying this is ridiculous. Now we're playing this card too much. It is not a card to play if it's factual. Now, would Burnley approach someone and say this was done in a racist manner if they didn't believe one whole, 100%? You should report it 100% and we all can agree on that. There's no dispute in that. Yeah. So if it's been reported, then it was 100% done in a racist manner because that's the way it was received. Yeah, well, it's one of them, isn't it? Like Things can be done and not have any, like, uh, intentions. Mm. Um, but if it's received that way by somebody, then uh, that's, obviously, that's a different kind of worms in a whole different debate, I guess. But then it still is a racism. Uh, I'm going to say racist gesture, that's changed to racism halfway through, so I end up saying a racism, that just sounds stupid. Um, but but you, 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 know my, you know my point, don't you? Like, it's, it can be interpreted in different ways by different people, as anything can, like, a lot of people always have a go at me for, for being angry and in a mood. And half the time, I'm not. I've, I've, I'm not moody. Just ignore him. I just look in the mood half the time because I've just got that bitching, arresting bitch face. Uh, not the same, of course, but I'm trying to sort of like say how things can be interpreted differently by different people. Um, oh. So, so uh, How it many is times in life did we do something that we didn't think was wrong at the time and then because you've hurt someone's feelings, you apologise for it? Now, it, it's, every damn day. Every damn day. Now, and what I'm saying is, in hindsight, would he do that again after the match? 
you know, if you take his emotion out of that moment, if you took him away from that scene, if you make him watch that match back, I guarantee you we will not do that again. And why? Because he knows it's fucking wrong. Um, irrelevant of what manner he meant it, he was doing it to be a dickhead, of which it doesn't really matter whether yeah. it... For me, if you're being a dickhead, it annoys me how sometimes that we can get away with it if it's not in a racist gesture. Also, but you can still be... Like, for example, we look at people like, obviously, you know, I know Phil, and you look at the abuse that he gets. And just because it's a white person and a white person or, or a black person and a black person doesn't mean it's not being ridiculous and, and unnecessary. Now, that scenario there was a ridiculous, unnecessary scenario that's put himself in shit that he shouldn't have done. Um, and he's going to have to face the consequences. And if it has been reported as a racist gesture, then I fully believe that something else was said or there was an interpretation to make him think that that's exactly what he meant. Yeah, um, obviously we can't speculate on what was said because we don't know. But I think I think maybe it's just being interpreted uh, interpreted by Dwight and the Burnley board in a different manner as to what Alioski probably intended it to be interpreted as. Again, um, you've done it, so you've got to face consequences. Yeah, I agree with that. Whether it's it, we'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what comes out. Obviously, it's been reported, so the FA and that will look at it. We'll see. What I did enjoy was the Leeds fans turning it round and saying a report has been made against a Burnley player. Like, no, that's that's factually you are factually wrong there, boys. The report was made against Alioski, not against a Burnley player. There was clips being clipped up of Dwight apparently spitting on him. Um, a lot of rubbish. When Dwight leans in to say whatever Dwight said to him, either as a bit of sweat come off or a bit of dribble from when he's speaking, he don't spit on him. Um, but I presume that'll be looked at as well, obviously, because it, the whole incident will have been reported. So if there is something there with that, again, um, he'll have to face the consequences. So The referee so, has got involved and took both managers aside and reported the, the incident to the managers. So it's been taken seriously instantly. This is not a... Um, you know, like a, a reaction afterwards at thinking, no, I'm not having that. This, this was an instant reaction of, uh, we're not happy with that. And the referee has dealt with it. And the managers took Dwight off, you know, five, five ten minutes later and probably to save the, any further repercussions of it. Um, yeah. And Again, I enjoyed the Leeds fans using that as a, yeah, I enjoyed the Leeds fans using that as an excuse of, oh, well, Dwight's done something wrong and that's why he's gone off. Oh, well, no, Dash is obviously used doing it to protect him. Yeah, as he should have done. Yeah, and you were saying about oh, Bielsa no. there before I rudely interrupted. Sorry, buddy. No, no, it's mine. It, it were, they were just continuing a rant. But yeah, Bielsa, I didn't see Bielsa reacting in a manner that was suggested. If somebody said that about one of my kids, people, he said something, and I believe that he would not do that or has not done that. I would go to town on that person saying, you've fucking out of order saying that. He would never have done that. Yeah, anyway, of course, we always encourage people to get in touch with the page, whether it's via the social media channels. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can uh, there's links in the description of how you can follow us on all the other channels. Um, if not, we'll uh, put a thing up at the end of the um, end of the podcast, a banner in the bottom of the screen. Um, but another way that you can get in touch with us is via email, turfcastpodcast at gmail.com. And Noel Hilton got in touch this week, and he sent quite a long email, and I promised him I'd read it out. So here we go. He says, hi, Joe and team. Well, Roll on the end of the season. For me, this has been our worst season in, what, 10 years? Now, I'm not saying I agree with everything Noel says. We'll get into the email in a minute. We'll, di we'll dissect it, but I don't agree with that point. Uh, for me, this has been our worst season in, what, 10 years? So many truly awful performances over the last nine months. Yesterday 
wasn't one of them, but a 4-0 jubbing at home to Leeds United of all people, it doesn't get any worse. Had we taken our chances, the results may have been different overall, but the difference in quality between the two teams was huge. Now, that last bit, I think he's spot on. Yes, yeah, the it. first bit about the season, the last season, the worst season in ten years. I think you only you only have to go to a couple of seasons ago, really. Um, the the Joe Hart season, uh, I think that was the worst season. The first six months in that season was absolutely dreadful. I think the difference between that season and this season is we've we've been terrible, 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 good, good this season. Terrible, 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 good, good. Whereas that season, six months ago, we were just shit for six months, and then good for six months, and it was the last six months. If you, we have had a lot of poor performances. Yeah, it does go on to mention that in a sec. I will get into that. Um, But uh, for all the bad performances, there've been good ones as well. The the game again away at Palace, the game away at Everton, Liverpool, obviously Arsenal, obviously. You know what I mean? Fulham as well. That's not to be sniffed at. A two-no win. We are for some reason better this season away from home than we are at home, and it's probably all we're all down to the fans. Um, but no, I, I don't think that's. A, I don't think it's the worst season in the last ten years. Anyway, it, it, there's been championship seasons in the last ten years where we've not looked anywhere like getting promoted. So they they they'll fall into that category for me. Yeah, it's it's, it's not. I mean, I'm not even going to waste my time on that one. I don't agree with it. I, you said it all. I don't need to even go anything further than that. He goes on, he says, Leeds were slick, incisive, positive and pace and kept the ball on the ground. We were outnumbered in midfield. I don't even think we're outnumbered, no. I just think we, we, we were outnumbered because they had three people in the middle, but we had zero. Uh, we were outnumbered in midfield, constantly lost the ball through holding on to it too long and inevitably reverted uh, to thumping it forward, the consequences of which is to isolate Wood and Vidra uh, because the rest of the team is 30 to 40 yards behind them and often too slow to support them. Thoughts on that bit? Uh... I, th- I think it's very harsh to compare us to being anything other than you know elite athletes in fitness wise because we demand that we work hard. We, I mean, Chris Wood said it the other day when even if there is hat trick and things, and he's saying that the the thing that Dash demands is that you work hard. So, but you've got to take your hat off. And Bielsa is obviously criticised as much as positive for the way he works his players. So to say we're not necessarily quick enough against the Lee side, I, I can I can take that on the chin sometimes. This is the worst football we've played in 10 years, he goes on to say. Um, I'll stop on that one. There is more of a... Simon's gone. He's had enough. Um, I, I don't know. We, we, there's been, like I said, there's been games this season where we've played brilliant football. Wolves. Everton. No, the, the, we've started with this... Not a new brand of football, but we have started to play a style of football in certain games where we can where we press high up the pitch, we're in their faces, high intensity, and that's very good to watch. What I agree with in some sense is when we revert back to the style of play like we kind of did against Leeds, when we were already 2-3-0 down, when we did start lumping it forward, then that is the worst that we've done for the last 10 years. But I wouldn't say this season is the worst we've done for the last 10 years because there's been a lot of games, your Wolves, your Palaces, your Everton's, like I've just said, where we, where we play some fantastic stuff. So I, I wouldn't agree with that one, no, unfortunately. And I think Simon's got something up on his PC screen I can see in the frame behind him. Uh, no, I would just give it up when look... you've started watching Teletubbies <laughs> or something. So I understand why he's saying it, which is probably not what you expect me to say, because it, it hasn't been great. But Dash, in his own words, did say this season is one of his biggest achievements when you look at the way we started the season and the squad that we've got, etc. Don't necessarily agree with that, by the way. I think how you can compare... That what for me has been an average season, or 
not even an indifferent season, it's just been an average season. Um, to then say that that's a bigger achievement than qualifying for Europe, because I don't think the European squad was actually unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? We had Nick Pope halfway through that season from Tom Eaton from an injury. You know, he had to step in. Uh, we got Sam Vaux up from compared to <laughs> Chris Woods. Do you know what I mean? I'm just saying, was it even, was it actually that much better? If, in my opinion, the squad wasn't that much better. Um, so, yeah, so I, I can understand what he's saying because I think he's looking at it from the fact that look how successful we've been recently. Look at what we've achieved. Look at what we've done and, the, and some of the runs we've gone on. But you listed the squad, um, sorry, the results that we've had two seconds ago and saying the, the Arsenal, the Liverpool. You can't take away the magnitude of what they are irrelevant of the Arsenal and the Liverpool squads that are currently, you know, in a demise of their own. We've not won there for how many years? And Liverpool squad, up until two years, have been, you know, a, a fighting to get in the Champions League. They've not been turn, turning over Champions Leagues and finals prior to two or three years ago when Klopp come in. So, yeah. yeah, no, I'm not having it. I'm not having it that this is shocking or worse or a bad. I'm not I'm not being that negative about it. I think that's far too harsh. I think we're victims of his own success if he's looking at it that way. Nor goes on. He says, is it the no fans factor? I don't think 22,000 fans would tolerate uh, this and would lift the team to drive them on. We're the most inconsistent team in the Prem. In a few days, we veer from bloody good to bloody awful. How we've avoided relegation is a miracle because so many times I've thought we were the worst team in the division. Uh, I think that one sums up... Um, a few things. I th I th inconsistent, yes, we are inconsistent, but because you go on to say that we are bloody good and bloody awful, but then in the same time, that's contradicting something that was said a few sentences ago, because there has been seasons where we have just been bloody awful uh, pretty much for all of it, uh, within the last 10 years anyway. Um, we've avoided relegation because we're nowhere near the worst team in the division. Um, the, the, and to, to ever ever have think that, I think, is... Um, just sort of like shows that maybe you feel a bit negative, Noel, when you sent this email. Because um, obviously Noel sent this in the aftermath of the um, of the Leeds game when um, a, a few people were, were feeling a bit down. Um, so I'll, I'll give Noel the benefit of the doubt there. But there's no point at any point have I felt that we've been the worst team in this division, especially looking at, at Sheffield United and West Brom. There's been no way that we have been anywhere even close to them. I've said it on previous podcasts again, mate. When you are looking over your shoulder, that gap is small. But when you are the team looking up, the nine points that we had at that time is huge. And it's not to be underestimated that nine points is miles away from a relegation battle. 12 points is a mid-table, usually. Usually it's mid-table. Right, and of course you're saying 12 points because we are currently 12 points away from the relegation battle. So that's obviously the point that you're saying with 12 points. So I understand what you're saying. We are, in truth, miles away from the drop. Now, miles away, miles away, and the, them three teams be, that got relegated are miles away from us. We are in terms of quality and in terms of points. In terms of quality, I however, I can kind of defend West Brom a little bit because in the second part of the season they've come good. We have that, and I think that maybe a, a bit longer because Liverpool scraped past them. Um, you know, they beat Chelsea. They've, they've started picking up results that you probably wouldn't have expected. Uh, so I, I do think that given more time, Dash might uh, sorry, Allardyce might have kept them up. However, the, you cannot say that we are the worst team. Was it? Am I quoting that correctly? We're the worst team in the Premier League. 
league this How season. we've evolved in relegation is a miracle because so many times I have thought we're the worst team in the division. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's miles off, and the points prove that. I don't even need to go into my opinion. Yeah, to be honest, uh, no, I agree with Simon on that one. I don't think we're anywhere near the worst team in the division, nor have we ever been this season. Um, he goes on to say, there's only been a few standout performances to go with wins, um, but there's been many awful and embarrassing ones. I agree with that, but I yeah, think but- you've said it You've said it in like a in in like a negative fashion. That has you, you're basically saying something that you said earlier, no, which we agree with is we have been inconsistent. There has been good performances with good wins to go with them, but I think there's been just as many embarrassing ones. It's quite similar, I think, is that one. The Leeds one was embarrassing. I think it's fair to say. Um, I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. I tend to just shove them uh, it, it, under the rug and things like that. The, the, the home form has been a bit embarrassing um, or poor. I'm not embarrassed by it, so that's a strong word. I'm just going off that because Noel said it. Um, but it's been very, very poor and not something we normally normally do. You look like you want to say something before I go on? Yeah, we're just going to say that every single club in the Premier League this year, due to COVID and no fans and, and the upheaval and the amount of games and the consistency of, of uh, performances expected... Every single team has had this thing. Man City were not top of the league for the first X amount of games. They were a few points off it, if I remember right. I can't remember the numbers now, but they were. I'm sure they were six points or seven points off. Liverpool got beat 7-2 Aston Villa as well. Liverpool got beat 7-2. They did feel the kids. Um, and, then, and then you've got like Liverpool getting... Chelsea getting beat 5-0 under a very impressive Tuchel and, and what he is doing there. 5-0 against West Brom. The... There has been many of embarrassing games for even the best clubs in our division. So I can't say that it's just because we are shit, because that's not the case at all. I think they've all been shit at some point. Yeah, we've had um, an indifferent season, as you said earlier, an inconsistent season. But ultimately, uh, we've achieved the goal. Um the last couple of lines in Dash's first season in the Premier we were relegated obviously this is going on to something that you pointed out earlier mm-hmm. but we played far better football than this Ingsley no. played a major part in that our field G's do we miss him and Boyd were consistent and would bottle up the wings uh, rarely were exposed by pace and rampant wingers in the mould of Adama and St Maximum I don't we, we've got I think we've got a better team now than then 100% our field, it's because he's doing well in Scotland and hats off to him. I'm buzzing for him more than anybody. Because he's doing well in Scotland, people feel like we miss him. We miss him in terms of... Um, the memories. No, no uh, the memories, which is the same way. Burnley fans love hanging their hats on memories. Um, it, the fact that people, I don't know, you'll probably agree with this. People still keep going, oh, get Eaton back and get Pope out. Shut up. Um, get Gray back. Shut up. Um, but it's saying, like, I'd have our field back only for that backup. And that's just because of the amount of bodies we don't have in the midfield. I'd rather us just go and get somebody else in truth. I'd rather us have a decent set of wingers. Our field didn't play well in the Burner shirt in his last season. Not not often anyway. And he was very he was too inconsistent. That's why he left. We miss him because like you say, we missed the memories. But I don't agree with the fact that we played better football that season. I think we just we laboured that season. We never really got going and we 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 were just a bit of a, a tedious season that one to be honest. What do you want us to do? Be a Brighton that pass it around five hundred times in a game and get zero like goals? What do you well, want I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see Noel's opinion on Brighton actually. Um, yeah. All fart, no smell. Brighton, that one's copyrighted by Turfcast. That's saying, but um, it's, they could pass it around all they want. I'd, I'd I'd rather play like we do than Brighton do, but I know be, a few people disagree with that. Results is what people remember. At the end of the day, you can play as fancy a football as you want, but you've got to get the results. And if you think that this season at nearly at 39 points, I think we're on with two games remaining. 
is a worse season than getting relegated because you, in your opinion, think that we played better football. It's irrelevant of my opinion and it's irrelevant of Joe's opinion. If we played better football or not, the fact of the matter is the points speak for themselves at the end of the season when you look back at the history, which was the better sides. Yeah, true. Uh, it goes on to say like the things that I agree with after that, so there's no point in dissecting it really. Um, just that the squad is aging and we need investment. I think that's that's obvious. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone agrees with that. Um, oh, we haven't put you off emailing again, Noel. I, I enjoy that. You know, not everyone's no, going to agree on everything. Agree, yeah, yeah not everything. Not everyone's going to agree on everything. So it's good to get in touch and let us know your thoughts. So. Please do. I'll be happy to dissect another email off somebody. Um, yep. like, like I said, we, we do encourage debate on this podcast. That is a podcast. That's what podcasts do. Me and Simon probably agree on most of the stuff, to be honest. So it might get a bit boring sometimes. So if someone wants to email in and sort of like t- say loads of stuff we disagree with, then that's fine. We had a few comments on Twitter this week of people um, giving us a bit of stick and then sort of like saying, oh, I'm not going to win this argument, so I'm leaving. It's not an argument. You don't need to leave. This is a debate. It's the same as here. Now, there's no point acting like that. We encourage debate. And I want to go back to another message I've received off uh, somebody this week. Unfortunately, I tried to get it up earlier, but it's not actually loading the actual point. I was going to read it word for word. Um, But I remember the gist of it. It's from Jamie Matthews Crampton, who who did put something up on the Alioski thing, who kind of agrees with you, Simon, who says that, well, you go go down the the interpretation of it, like not the intention of it, whereas I think Jamie says uh, some... I can't remember Jamie, so apologies if I'm misquoting. I think Jamie goes down the route of this is definitely um, the emoji sort of thing. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then he got a lot of stick off Leeds fans, so he just got in touch with the page to say why people like this these days. And I, I don't think he got any stick off Burnley fans though to be fair to him um, but that's obviously wrong um, but what do you expect from Leeds fans no, I'm joking Leeds fans if any of you are watching uh, every fan every fan base has got the idiots but uh, yeah Jamie had uh, a lot of people giving him stick people hunting him down on Facebook uh, and uh, he's got a banding on his bands page as well uh, uh, can we just not do that guys I, I don't know who I'm talking to here because Burnley fans didn't do it but um, we've got we've got away with it really I've not really had much stick and I've you know obviously we've been doing this for two and a half years now um, so so that's interesting. But um, yeah, uh, hopefully everything's all right with Jamie. We don't need to do stuff like that. This is the place for these sort of things, though, Jamie. If you want to you know, send some emails in and, and things like that, uh, me and Sam will dissect them and there'll be no abuse sent. Uh, maybe some abuse yeah. said on the podcast, but none mm. sent to you or your band's page. No, man. At the end of the day, it, it, football is great because of opinions. Um, let's take the politics out of it. In fact, if you want a good debate that'll make you laugh, here's one for you, whoever you mentioned there. Um, Kieran Phillips thinks Steve Davis was a better defender than James Tarkovsky. Yeah, one. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to put debate. a post. I'm, it's not uh, Kieran. Honestly, I love the guy, but he's an absolute numpter. Uh, big shout out to Kieran, by the way. Thank you very much for doing the watch along this week. Um, again, the numpty ended the watch along at half time for some unknown reason. <laughs> so I had to start a new one. So apologies for those of you that watched the first half and then couldn't find the second half, for example. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I love Kieran, but he's got some ridiculous opinions, and, t- and it's not even the Steve Davis that you're all thinking of, it's the first Steve Davis, the one that was playing for us in the late 80s. Uh, and he's he's not even the best Steve Davis, well, he might be, I don't really remember him that well, to be honest. Uh, um, but I think Steve Davis is irrelevant to me, yeah, it, it doesn't matter, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'll put I'll tell you what, I'll put a poll up on Twitter about that tonight and see what uh, see what people say, but uh, that is an interesting debate, um. So you, you, so you're saying Simon on your side of the debate. You think James Tarkovsky is better than either Steve Davis? My my quote, and there's no bias here because I said I've do a lot of the Burnley players there, and most of them are defenders. That he 
he's the best centre back we've ever had on paper. Statistically, I think um, you know you'll probably find people because they're in lower levels or whatever. But he, for me, is technically the best defender we've ever had. I think the only person that could, that the only two people that could come close to him are Ben Me and uh, Michael Keane. Um, yeah. And obviously, they're all that. the modern that's ones. Good. They're all the modern ones, and that'd be that'd be if someone said, "I think it's Michael Keane." That's a good debate. If someone you said, "I think it's Johnny Ben because he, he's been." <laughs> no, just Johnny Pender. The, uh, sorry, Pender that he thought were better than uh, Tarkovsky. It were John McGreal as well. John McGreal were above him. <laughs> Fuck it, time to wrap up, mate. I've got to go. <laughs> Honestly, it's time to sack Kieran. I think, mate. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, you, Kieran will be on the next watch along, probably. Uh, Simon won't be because the bastard got tickets. I don't know yet. Um, I'm still trying to sort something out, um, but we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, unless there's anything you want to add, we've we've discussed the Leeds game. We had done the Liverpool game. Bloody hell, Liverpool coming up. Thoughts? Well, quick one. My thoughts are, I'm going to FaceTime you from the game, and somehow we need to work out how we can get me live on the watch along for like the half time review. No, I'm not yes. having you sit there with your smug yeah, face. No chance. No chance. Not having oh, you sit there with your smug face. Oh. If I can't sort something out. Mocking me just by being alive. <laughs> uh, Liverpool, me. for me, in my opinion, is a almost a mountain because they have something to fight for. We don't. They are very good no matter what season they've had. They are a fucking brilliant football club uh, with great players. So it will be a, a mountain, but at turf, with fans, anything is possible, mate. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the fans is the factor um, and it gives the players a bit of a lift. But I do think it'll give the Liverpool players a bit of a lift as well because obviously they have not had fans for a long time as well. Um, so so we'll see. It's just good to have fans back, um, even if, you know, Burnley Football Club screwed me over and, and didn't give me a ticket. No, I'm not going to go full conspiracy theory like some people did. Um, but um, they screwed me over. Uh, whether they I meant to or not, that's a different debate. I was proper going for it, by the way. <laughs> when I was like, because I didn't get the email, and then I was hearing like, Jordan North's got one, whatever. Alistair yeah. Campbell's got one, right? This is bullshit. How are all the things? And then I got an email saying, I've got one. I'm going, get him. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be North, fair, there's no, way Jordan, there's no way Jordan North entered the ballot, by the way. I'll, I'll, he might have done. I've, I'm not going to go full conspiracy theory, but it, there's no way. He'd have just rang fucking the club up and gone, I don't know. I can't, I'm going to do an impression. I don't I can't not listen to him enough on radio to do his voice. So I'm not even going to try. Um, but I, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not that bothered. Well, I am. I'd rather be there. I'm still trying to sort something out, so it's not 100% dead. Um, I need to check some old email addresses. That's basically what I'm going to do. Um, and to find out if there's anything in there. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I it doesn't look like it, does it? If not, I'll be on the watch along with Johnny and probably, well, I haven't asked Johnny and Kieran yet, to be honest. Kieran's keen as bloody mustard. He'll be there. Um, Johnny doesn't seem as keen anymore. Um, so maybe Johnny won't be there. Johnny, if you're listening, which I know he does. Um, what are you playing at? Um, but yeah, that's it then. Uh, score predictions for the Liverpool game. Whoa, what a what a difficult one. I do think we'll score. You know, I've got a fancy to score. Um, I haven't predicted a loss yet, but this is probably one of the one of the harder ones. This uh, we'll go with a one-one. But I mean. I don't know. I genuinely don't know this one. It's a difficult I, one. Yeah, I, I think when you say, well, I predicted a loss and then say 1-1, one, one, we all know that means you want to predict a loss, but you don't want to predict a loss because you don't want to predict a loss. Never done it. I'm not like that. I will give you an honest opinion. I won't hide behind all these that cliches or whatever like Simon does. It's going to be a tough game. We're going to get beat. Liverpool can still get the Champions League, I think. Um, we're on the beach. Um, 
in my opinion. Um, I saw a good tweet from, was it Tom Claret this week? I can't remember. He put, death taxes and Burnley absolutely pissing it away uh, once the, once safety secured. And yeah, spot on, um, I think. Um, so I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. I think we might score, like you say, because of fans and what have you. Um, but I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week's podcast. Then unless there's anything Simon wants to add? No, uh, looking forward to seeing you all on the turf on Wednesday night. There we go. Let's get rid of him. And, and we'll just end it like that. Um, he's a bastard for going on the turf. You never know. Hopefully there's a ticket in one of my old emails. That's that's a, a slight bit of hope. Uh, oh, yeah, check my spam folder. I'll have to check my spam folder. Um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm only joking, Simon. I'll bring you back in, mate. Um, but don't make another comment uh, because this bastard got tickets but gave it to somebody else. Um, so he don't deserve um, this friendship and this podcast partnership. Um, uh, but yeah, that's it for this week's podcast. If I'm not there and there's nothing in my spam folder or my other email addresses, uh, which I probably should do that today, to be honest. So let's 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 <laughs> let's stop messing about Joe. Um, then I'll be on the watch along. So we'll see you for the watch along on Wednesday. If not, we'll see you for the match reaction afterwards, or we'll see you for the next podcast. Um, maybe because it's the end of the season this weekend, isn't it? Um, when's the uh, when's the Sheffield United game? Let's quickly get the fixtures up on my screen now. The Sheffield United game. The 23rd of May. So we'll have to get a podcast in before then. Um, we're not just going to end the podcast when the season ends. Um, we didn't last season. We won't do it again this season. We'll probably do a season review. What time? Look back the season. For what game? Sheffield. It's four o'clock on Sunday. Well, we'll get that game done. Rush straight home. Atletico Madrid, our five kickoff to win the. Uh, Kieran Trippier is going to win the league. We've got a Go king on. of Spain. Yeah. We've got a king of Spain in Scotty Arfield, and we've got uh, king of king Scotland in Scotty Arfield. And Kieran Trippier is going to be the king of Spain. Uh, the, I can't. I don't know what king is in Spanish. Kingo Espanol. That's what I'm going to say. The king of Espanol. That's going to be. That, that's going to be. That's going to be on the socials. King of Spain in Spanish when he wins the league. So if it's anywhere else, you know. They've watched this podcast and nicked the idea. Um, but anyway, I'm wrapping up. That's it for this week's podcast. We'll see you next week. We'll be we'll be we'll be another podcast out before the Sheffield United game, and then we'll do a season review um, after the Sheffield United game. Might be live. I don't know. I'll try and do some stuff to keep the content flowing throughout the off season. But we'll see you when we. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.